You know those memories? The ones from your childhood. That feel so solid, so true, that you never even question them? Maybe it's some detail about the house you grew up in, or a formative moment on the playground, or that one time when you performed the entirety of the 12 days of Christmas, most definitely off-key at the family holiday party. These are the memories that tell us who we are, where we come from. But sometimes, if you try to hold them up a little closer, to ask questions about the context or search for the truth in these moments, they can get fuzzy and uncertain. Like, was that real? Why did these things happen in the way that they did? And then, what is real anyway? And the tighter you try to grab onto those memories, the more that they slip through your fingers. It's a little bit like a dream right after you wake up. Gone, almost as quickly as you remember it existed. When my parents died, this is what it felt like. Like I couldn't quite see the past clearly anymore. I wasn't sure about anything. I began to wonder what actually was real. Where did I come from? Who actually were my parents? Why did they do the messed up things that they did? And why did my relationships with them cause so much pain? These questions began to consume me. I had spent almost 40 years navigating these complicated relationships by pushing the big questions away, building barriers with physical distance, with my career, with sarcasm. The questions were like sharp objects that were interfering with the life I was trying to build. And now, suddenly, there I was, with both of them gone. I was released. But instead of relief, I was left feeling depleted, stoic, and also angry. And that was when this project began. I'm Kat O'Shaughnessy Coffrin, and this is Lost and Found, my audio documentary about trying to unravel the complex relationships and heal the losses of my parents so I could find my truth and reclaim where I come from. This is Chapter One where it all begins. To be still. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever be free of these things that are weighing heavy on me that keep me from doing or going or knowing the sun comes up I go back to sleep In our so-called liberation of self we have only bound the shackles more tightly free up your mind and start thinking a good thought when i think about it you know my perspective is i think that that shooting when dad was shot um that kind of reverberated and affected both of them and us 
moving on. Like that event started triggered things that they were never able to fully heal from. I loved your dad so much, but he was a mess. I don't think he saw his life ending the way it did. I don't think he saw that coming. None of us do, really. Were we these, like, neglected kids? Your mom loved you and, and you girls and wanted to do everything that she could to make it a good life for you. And she did. And I think you'd be very proud of her for that. <sighs> Families are complicated. Mine sure was. We had it all. Alcoholism, depression, trauma, neglect, divorce, guilt, shame. We had aortic aneurysms, colon cancer, seizures, diverticulitis, multiple sclerosis, and undiagnosed dementia. When I say it like this, it sounds almost like a Shel Silverstein poem about a recipe for some kind of warped stew. But it's not a tragedy. Growing up in this family... I felt loved and appreciated. I believed I could do anything I wanted in my life. Somehow, flaws and all, my parents both made me feel loved, even though things were messy. Because really, no matter how deep the wounds go, we are wired to love our parents. That's what our hearts want to do. And for a long time, that innate love overshadowed these darker things I didn't want to see or explore. It actually took me many years to recognize how my sister and I had spent a whole lifetime worrying about our parents and navigating their separate but equally long, protracted declines. It was only later, after I started my own family, that my earlier denial turned to something like rage and resentment. I grew tired of this one-way relationship of carrying all the painful memories around these two people whose brains conveniently seem to lose them. Gloria Steinem has said, perhaps the worst thing about suffering is that it finally hardens the hearts of those around it. And after years and years of watching my parents suffer, waiting for them to die, my heart turned to stone. It got heavy. So when they passed... My dad in 2016, my mom six years later, I found myself wanting a new understanding. I didn't want to feel so heavy, so cold, so angry towards them. And then last fall, with the benefit of some time, some distance, and a lot of therapy, I found myself wondering something new. Is it possible, once you lose someone, to find them again? to disentangle the complexities of these relationships and try, with the benefit of time and distance, to understand them a little bit better so that maybe you can move on. 
important things that you can do in the journey of grief and loss is actually make space to say, what is here? You know, because you're always going to have the grief with you. It's not like we're checking it off a list and it's going to be like all done after this project. Um, but it changes shape and it changes like weight. And so honestly, my biggest advice is just gentleness and tenderness with yourself and those around you, um, because that's never a waste of time. That's Sarah. She's a hospice chaplain in Maine and the kind of friend you turn to when you want to feel calm and understood. She was one of the first people I reached out to when I decided to set off on this project. I knew that Sarah understood grief and loss and her comments really made me feel empowered to plow ahead. As I told Sarah and about 15 other people that I interviewed for this project, this all started with a hypothesis that was grounded in those slippery core memories. So, here is what I thought I knew. In 1976, my parents got married. Cheryl Lynn Harris and Kevin Patrick O'Shaughnessy. I knew that they drove across the country for their honeymoon in an old yellow camper van with their two dogs. They used to tell us the story all the time. From Seattle to California, over to D.C., up through Maine, then all the way up into Canada and back on their way home. There's a whole photo album that captures this. They look like sun-kissed, late-era hippies, so carefree and happy to have found each other, like they can't believe their good luck. And then in 1979, my sister was born, Jennifer Kate, all thick, dark brown hair, definitely a troublemaker. My mom taught, she was recovering from a physically abusive childhood and an emotionally abusive first marriage when she met my dad in her late 20s. He was five years younger than her, and he worked for the King County Sheriff's Office in their first ever class of canine cops. Dad was proud to be in law enforcement. He was the oldest son in a family of Canadian immigrants. He was tall and quiet, the first and only of his siblings to earn a bachelor's degree. And then in 1981... Things changed. Dad was on duty with his canine partner, Jake. They were pursuing a man who had robbed a bank and was on the run. They moved along a tree-lined perimeter, and the perpetrator shot them both, my dad and his dog. Eventually, the guy was out of bullets. Reinforcements arrived soon after. <sighs> Jake wasn't supposed to survive, but he did. And... I wonder if the same could be said about Dad. There are these photos of them, Jake's bullet wound to the head staring out of a shaven patch following his life-saving surgery, and Dad, in his uniform, camera crews all around. My sister, a toddler, hugging the dog a little too tight. The news coverage said that it was a miracle they both lived. But it was a tragedy, too. Dad developed PTSD. 
He tried to go back to work with a new dog, Zach, but he couldn't get over the traumatic memories. He had to leave the job, losing his formal role as a protector. And with it, I thought, he lost his pride and joy, or at least a very big part of his identity. He drank more and spiraled. I knew that because it set into motion everything else for my childhood. But it was only decades later that I could see the other thing that happened at that moment, too. My mom went in after him. She also spiraled, unable or unwilling to let go of the one great love she had found in her life. I think that they must have both been in disbelief. The depths of this tragedy were so deep as they upheaved the life that they had built together. The loss must have been so sharp and so profound. And there was Jennifer through all of it. But me? I arrived later. In 1982, I showed up. And it was only last year that I started to see it. That they were broken. When I arrived, I was born into trauma. For 14 more years, they stayed together. My mom building an incredible school for kids with learning disabilities. And my dad bouncing from job to job, rehab to rehab. We had some happy memories, but I can see, and looking back, how my youth was largely a strained and difficult time for both of them. They ultimately split. My mom single parenting us through to college, while dad focused on his tenuous efforts at recovery. And then they eventually declined over many years from diseases that stole their minds long before their bodies even gave up. They each died very sad deaths. And that's how I thought it went. As I spent more time exploring all this in therapy, I realized there was a lot that I wasn't sure about. I had more questions, questions that I hoped, when answered, would help me reconcile these conflicting emotions that I've been carrying around. Questions like, what happened in their childhoods? that shaped them. Who were my grandparents? I'm not even sure of all of their names. Why did my mother stop talking to her family before I was even born? What was her family like? What did I miss out not knowing them? What made my father want to be a cop? Was that his lifelong dream? Why didn't he fight in Vietnam? And then who was my mom's first husband? What happened there? What were they like in the beginning of their relationship when they first met? What were they like as parents in the eyes of others? Did everyone know what was going on in our household? Did my mom confide in anyone? Did she realize she was compartmentalizing so much? Why did it take them 14 years to divorce after the shooting? Did dad regret what he lost when he left us? As I said, I know that my parents loved me, but Did they know me? Did they try? Did they ever talk about me? How are things different for my sister? Did my dad intend to kill himself? Was it a suicide? And what would my mother say of how she declined, how it all ended so slowly over all those years? What would they say to us if they were still here and if they could see what actually went down? Whether I had acknowledged it or not, 
These questions have been swirling inside of me for years. And I decided to go find some answers. I wasn't sure what I was going to find, but I believed profoundly that it was worth the effort. I started with my sister, trying to piece together the facts as we knew them. And then I went from there. I reached out to everyone I could think of who might have some insight. People who had known them, who had known us as a family and as whatever we became later. And I asked them my questions. I spoke with my mom's estranged little sister, with my dad's little brother, each of their college roommates, cousins, bridesmaids, friends, fellow parents, and even the therapist who had guided me through my own transformative year. I recorded every conversation. I listened to them again and again. And then I edited it all down into a few capsules, chapters of the story that I can revisit whenever I need to, that I can share with my daughters one day. I wrote and I thought and I kept talking. And in the end, it changed me. I learned a lot, but not necessarily what I expected. But I did come to understand so much more about these two people and I pulled it together here to share with you because this is my story. And it's not the only story I ever want to tell, but it is the one that I have to tell. It's the truest thing I know. And I hope that by releasing this and setting it free, maybe I can set my parents free too from their trauma and their own pain. Because this is their story also. And I do love them. So thanks for listening and joining me on this journey. Let's see where it goes. Shadow